it got me thinking, wow, God, what a faithful God you are. I mean, this church, in a couple of years' time, will have been going for 40 years. Now, I know some churches have been going hundreds of years, and that doesn't sound impressive, but it impresses me when you think our church started, because there was a prayer meeting and someone felt God say, why don't you go and plant a church down the hill? And 40 years later, we're still going. It's the faithfulness of God. Then I got to think, wow, you know, it's been nearly 2,000 years since Jesus came. And each generation, God has faithfully raised up and expanded his kingdom. But then thousands of years before that, with Adam and Eve, God's been dealing with people, saving them. So the first thing that I struck me, even as we were driving in the car to come here, was the incredible faithfulness of God. Because if faithfulness is measured in the long haul, then God is very faithful. The second thing that struck me, I put it under the title of, you just never know. Because when we came on Friday night, I had a conversation with James, who's the guy who runs this place for Oak Hall. And it was back in 2006 that Sarah Soden and I first came here looking for a venue for a church weekend for King's Church. And he showed us around this place and he showed us the, 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 the walled garden and this room. And then when we sat down, he said, so how many do you think will come? We said, well, probably about 100, 110. He said, I'm sorry, you won't be able to come. We haven't got room. I said, what do you mean you haven't got room? He said, well, the place only takes 60 people inside. The dining room only takes 60 people. That's all we cater for. We've never had a bigger group stay over a weekend than 70 because that's the capacity of the... I said to him, James, not being funny, what are you talking about? You've got a massive great field out there. I could camp 200 people on that field. Oh, he said, I'm not sure. So anyway, he went away to pray about it and talk to the trustees because they'd never had church groups like this here. And he came back and said, no, we prayed about it and we feel like God says, no, we should go for it. So King's Church, we were the first ever church group that came here that was bigger than 65, 70 people. Well, do you know that from, now, from then till now, now, just about every weekend that Oak Hall aren't using this place themselves, there are church groups like us here. Last week, they had 350 people camped on the field out there, meeting with God. And when I saw James, he said to me, that he said, I still tell people it's when you and Sarah Soden came and challenged us. See, when we step outside of our comfort zone, and we do what God says. We just never know the effect. Third one that struck me was the other night we were here worshipping. And I've been worshipping and then I leave my hand forward on the chair in front of me. And as I open my eyes, I look down and there's a little baby on the chair. Little baby right over there, look. Just laying wrapped up in this big blanket. And uh, I felt God speak to me in that moment. Because this little baby, fast asleep, mum beside the, but fast asleep, wrapped up in this lovely, big, huge blanket. And I felt God speak to me a little bit and remind me of, I don't know if it's the right word, is it the dichotomy of life? Is it a dichotomy where everything appears one way but is really another way? Is that right? If it's not, can we pretend it is? <laughs> Just for now? Because I feel like it's a word I don't use enough and should use it more. But, see, because on the surface... In this world, it's like, oh, we've got some challenging circumstances and some difficulties. And there are things that seem uh, so heartbreaking. And it feels like there's such instability. We live in one of the most stable parts of the world, in one of the most stable times in history. And yet we still feel 
like things are unstable, insecure, unsafe. When we think about that, even when we think about ourselves, we can think, oh Lord, I go up and down and down and up and up and down, and that's even on my good day. And yet in reality, you know, if we're Christians, the Bible says we're clothed in Christ. And just like that baby wrapped in that huge big blanket, I felt God say to me, do you know what? In terms of your life, Dale, the big things, salvation, being forgiven by God, identity, who I am now as a child of God, my destiny, where I am going when I die, which is to be in heaven with him. All those things are sorted, wrapped up like a baby. So the world may appear unstable, difficult, dangerous, uncertain, heartbreaking at times. And that's all true. And guess what? As we've been learning, we go through all those things. And guess what? We worship in the midst of the battle. We don't worship because there's no battle, like Josh reminded us. We worship in the midst of the battle. But we do it from a place of knowing this, that just like that baby was wrapped up in that big blanket, safe and secure, with mum standing by. If we're Christians... We are safe and secure because we're clothed in Christ with God watching over us. That was the third one. And then the last one was all struck, actually, by when Josh gave that illustration in terms of wearing the Chelsea shirt in front of the Arsenal supporters, <laughs> which, which got a bit of a, a, a rise from it. When I was in the police force... Uh, back in the days when Brighton and Hove Albion were uh, in the second division and in their old ground, I once went and had to police uh, Brighton versus Sunderland. And there was me and six other colleagues standing in front of 3,000 Sunderland fans. And I got that feeling because I said to my sergeant, being a young police officer, what happens if they jump over the fence because the fences are... What happens if they jump over and run onto the pitch? And he said, we run. That's what we do. We wrote six of us, it's 2,000. So I know a kind of feeling of that. And I think Josh was really good just saying that thing of, you know, if, if you're like a Chelsea fan and you're standing in front of Arsenal, man, you, you, you're in the midst of a battle. There's going to be some stuff coming at you because worship, he was saying, reminding us, isn't neutral. It's a declaration that we are on God's side in the battle. And at the start of this week, God reminded me that our citizen ship is in heaven that's the kingdom which we belong to that's the king which we've sworn allegiance and at the moment I'm reading a book about Cicero and the Roman Republic and often through the book you see that uh, Cicero and others declare but I'm a Roman citizen I'm a citizen of Rome you can't you can't do this to me you can't imprison me without trial you can't do those things that you can do to others because I'm a Roman citizen. And it reminded me in the Bible in Acts, when the Apostle Paul is thrown into prison and they're going to kind of flog him. And then he says, but I'm a Roman citizen. Let me read this bit to you from Acts 22. It says, the crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, imagine that, there's a baying crowd 
You've been stretched out, about to be flogged. And Paul says, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked him, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, Paul answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship, but I was born a citizen, Paul replied. And the, the commander lets Paul go. And I was just struck by this because, you know, Paul was a Roman citizen, but for him that was not the most important thing. The most important thing was that he was a citizen of heaven. His shirt was God's shirt, as it were, in terms of the football analogy. But this Roman commander, he'd paid a lot of money to become a Roman citizen because he thought that by that he was untouchable. He was now the safest. He, was now, he now had the best shirt on, if you like. It brought him status. It brought him security. It brought him a place, if you like, at the top of the tree. But for Paul who was born a Roman citizen, it meant nothing. Why? Because he had been born again into a greater kingdom. That now his citizenship of being a Roman meant nothing to him because now he was a citizen of heaven. Now he was under the lordship of Christ. Now he served a new king. Now he served a new kingdom. And the Roman Empire would pass away, but God's kingdom will never pass away. And I love that bit when Josh therefore said, worship is about declaring whose side are we on. And if we're Christians here, we're on God's side because we're now citizens of heaven. So there you go. Those are four things that just struck me through this weekend. I just want to encourage you. If I'm going to pray for you. Can you just close your eyes a sec? Lord, I pray that the different things and the different ways that you've spoken to us this weekend, Lord, whether it's through what someone's been teaching, whether it's through a time of worship, whether it's a conversation that's been had around the swimming pool. Lord, however it is that you've spoken, Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, even right now, you would call that to mind in my brothers and sisters. Even right now, you would call it to mind. And Lord, I pray the things that you've taught us, the things that you want us to learn and remember, the things that you want us to reflect about as we go away from this weekend. Lord, will you cause those things to come to our mind? Lord, will we write them down and will we reflect on them in the days to come that, Lord, you might make us even more like your precious son? Lord, I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Thanks, Kevin.